Good morning. morning. (laughs) Turn your mic on, priest. (laughs) If I had a nickel for every time I was in a clergy Bible study, and it's a key word here, clergy Bible study, when some clergy person in the circle would say, well, I could never get away with calling my congregation a brood of vipers. Or another clergy person says, I could never preach like John the Baptist to my congregation. Well, if I had a same nickel for every time in that same circle, I said to them, you know, John the Baptist wasn't calling the congregation the brood of vipers. He was directing that particular language to the religious leaders. To the clergy, for example, to the religious insiders. So perhaps the question is, can the congregation preach that to the clergy? And I proposed at 8 o'clock, and I'll propose it to you as well, that we have a tradition at St. Martin's on Brood of Vipers Sunday, that it's your chance to call your clergy a brood of vipers. Anybody want to volunteer? We'll dress you up like John the Baptist. We'll give you camel's hair and a leather belt. You can have some honey and locusts. And you can yell at us. I think that's the way to celebrate Brood of Vipers Sunday. Because it's clear. He doesn't say it to the crowd. He says it to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And in my vision of it, he says it over the head of the crowd to the late-coming Pharisees and Sadducees out there on the edge. Why is it important to know the audience of certain words? Because we want to avoid calling people injured by religion vipers. Our congregation is built of many people who have had wounding experiences in the church, who've been hurt by people in authority in the church, abused in every sort of way, verbally, physically. And they have lost trust in the church and found themselves cast out away from all the closeness they want with God. So we have to be really mindful when these um, ferocious passages come up To be careful, there are wounded folk worshiping today here who hurt because of the church, who hurt because of the way our religion has been made punishing, made hurtful, made unkind. So that's the first place I want to start, with care about this passage. I can take it. You can call me a brood. But let's be careful. So, when St. Martin's is at its best, and when I see God really acting here, and I'm so grateful, it's often when I see someone coming from that place of woundedness into a place of healing where they can feel like they are reconnecting with God, where they 
get to have a new beginning with God, a new beginning with the church, because kindness has been extended, because love has been experienced. Just this last week, I had a wonderful email from a newcomer who said, you know, Jared, I came from a more authoritarian Christian tradition, a more punishing Christian tradition. And so every time I hear the clergy at St. Martin's say that the altar is open to all people, no matter where you are on your journey of faith, that means the world to me. It's just another little opening for me into the life of grace, into the life of the church. Thank you for accepting me where I am on my journey of faith. And that's a cause for celebration. That's a cause for joy. That's the work of this congregation, helping someone take another step toward that new beginning in their relationship with God and the church. Another occasion I celebrated was a wonderful wedding last summer. Right before we came in to marry the couple, one partner took me aside. It was a wedding of two women. And believe me, when I do these weddings still, and I love them, I still struggle with bride and all that. I never know what to say. So let's just say the partner. And she took me aside. And she was very suspicious of the church. Very worried about the church. And she said to me, Jared, thank you. The love of this congregation has caused me to believe that maybe churches aren't as bad as I thought. Maybe there's a place for me even in the worship of a church. I was very skeptical. I was very suspicious. I'd been very badly hurt because my church of my childhood didn't accept me in my identity but I've never had that problem at St. Martin's. And I really feel there's an opening here for me, a place for me here. I wish I'd written down what she said because it was, to me, the ultimate testimony of our mission doing what our mission is meant to do, healing people in their relationship with God, giving them that place of new beginning, a new start after all the hurtfulness that's been spread across God's holy mountain. So that's why we take some caution on Brood of Viper Sunday. But I think the passage itself encourages us to go down the road we're on. Encourages us to go deeper into that road. So let's go to the Jordan with John the Baptist and experience a little more of what he's teaching us. So first of all, we know he's saying brood of vipers to the religious insiders, the religious leadership. And one more thing we know is that this religious leadership are the last ones on the scene. I kind of imagine them waking up one day in the temple in Jerusalem going, wait, where'd everybody go? And hightailing it out into the wilderness, trailing their people. So here we have the religious leadership trying to figure out where their people went. The religious leaders are following the people. The religious insiders are suddenly the religious outsiders. And the outsiders are suddenly the insiders. 
the congregation, the people of the land are the ones who got to John the Baptist first. They're the ones in the center ring of this gathering at the Jordan. They are not called a brood of vipers, by the way. John the Baptist's message to them is a good, solid, prophetic, Israelite proclamation. Repent. Nothing novel in it. A normal thing to ask if we want a renewed life in God. So what is it that is the attraction? If the message is not so unique, what's the attraction? Why come out to this John the Baptist? And I think it's this. Is John the Baptist is dressed and living like the outsider. He's dressed and living like the poor. His whole presentation puts him in solidarity with the outsider, with the ones who can't get what they need religiously from the hierarchy, who can't get what they need religiously from the insiders. He is out there on the margins with them. His solidarity is a part of his message. And he's in a place that's accessible. The Jordan doesn't belong to anybody. Y'all come. There's room in the Jordan for you. There are not strictures and rules and laws and fees. I'm not going to check to see if you paid your temple tax. I'm not going to check to see if you're up to date on your tithing. Come, repent, and be baptized and experience a renewed life in God. And finally, the place matters in another way. The Jordan is what Israel passed through into the promised land. It's a marker of new life in God for Israel. And that's what the people are hungering for. The people are hungering for this renewal. They want a renewed life in God. And they're not getting it from their religious leadership. But they're finding it in this act of renewal in the desert with John the Baptist. The whole passage is for us a great reminder to beware of all forms of insiderism. All religious bodies and other organizations have the risk of organizing themselves around insiderism. It feels so good to be an insider, to have the secret knowledge, the secret handshake, to know the details. We are invited to be outsiders and we will always be outsiders and beginners because the horizon we live in of grace is God. The horizon of grace we live in is God. Romans is dealing with the same issue. St. Paul's letter to the Romans deals with the same topic. It's hard to see because the organizers of the lectionary, for whatever reason, chopped off the first part of the chapter. Please go back and read the whole thing. That's your homework. But if you read the whole thing, the issue in Romans is Paul is trying to bring together a church that is part Jewish Christians and part Gentile Christians. And here's the thing, is the Jewish Christians have a head start. 
They know the scriptures. They know the Torah. They know the history of God with Israel. They know the prophets. They have a head start, an insider's knowledge. And here come the Gentiles who can only look a little bumbling, a little green, a little new. And bringing these two bodies together is Paul's concern because the insiders think of themselves as strong in the faith and they look at the newcomers as weak in the faith. And this is no way to build a community. We must be careful about assigning people status within this body of Christ. Paul says a verse, writes a verse that I think is a good one to memorize. Welcome each other as you were welcomed by Christ. That's a good verse to memorize. Welcome each other as you were welcomed by Christ. Meaning and reminding the Romans and reminding us, we were welcomed without regard to status, achievement. We were welcomed as we are as beginners in faith. We were not welcomed because of status, achievement. We were welcomed out of unconditional love. And so our welcome needs to be the same as Christ's welcome to us. So even if we know a lot about the Book of Common Prayer, even if we know a lot about the Bible, know a lot about church architecture or church history or music, That's great. But let's not set any of that stuff up as a hurdle newcomers need to clear to be in Christ's circle. Let us remember to welcome the newcomer as we were welcomed by Christ, as the beginner, as the newborn, as the person seeking the fresh start in God, the person seeking a new beginning in God. So right in front of us, we have a basic practice for all Christian people. That is, we welcome. We strive to be part of someone's journey into their new beginning, just like someone was there for us on our journey into new beginning. So when we turn to each other at the passing of the peace, it's not halftime. It's a chance to live this sacramental receiving and giving of each other. After church, we may turn to folks we know, but we also turn to folks we don't know. Because we may be the person they need to welcome them a step farther into that journey toward new beginning. We organize ourselves as the body of Christ to be the welcoming body of Christ every Sunday morning so that we extend the welcome that we received. Let us always work against insiderism and be ourselves bridges to all. Amen.